Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Well, we can finally say we have had one complete season that COVID hasn't ruined. And this is the end of season finale. Welcome to episode 34 of the Premier Non-League Podcast. The Premier Non-League Podcast. And also, every time, as we were saying off air, there are always people drop out at the last minute on the last one of the season. I think they've gone on their summer break too early. Do you know what I mean? It's a, a bit of a joke. I mean, I'm coming for you from another country and I'm tethering off my mobile. I think that's dedication, chat. Free transfers everywhere, I think, James. I know. Well, Trevor's here, Gaz is here, and we're just here to sort of, I guess, celebrate the, the fact we had a full season. Can you believe it, guys? So, in the, uh, I guess you could say it's the third season of doing a Premier Non-League podcast, but it's the first complete season we've had as a podcast. We haven't had to scrape the barrel or talk about Barnet for the majority of episodes. <laughs> well, I was going to say, we have we have completed our season, though, haven't we, in each of the three? It's just football that hasn't completed itself yeah. until now. But, you know, one thing, I was talking to a couple of my mates on Charlton chat that I've got on WhatsApp, and I'm actually fuming because I miss football so much now. And if it hadn't been for the Qataris, we would have had a World Cup to look forward to. And now we ain't got that till December. So it's going to be yeah. a mismatch, misjudged football season. It's going to be got a bit of, nations, uh, bit of Nations League to watch. But, right, but you say that, as we record, like yesterday, was the final for the National League. In two months' time, the National League kicks off again. The um, Step 5 and 6 kick off the very last weekend of July. So in literally two three weeks time players are back in pre-season training yeah, so while like the season is sort of like only just finished because of how much of non-league we cover everything you know while others might finish on april the 23rd it's been going on i don't you know i ain't stopped yet I'm i saw something on social media earlier that east preston's got their trials start tomorrow yeah i saw someone at a trial game of horsham last wednesday as well yeah, yeah. well i'm sure if you um, i'm sure we'll go i remember we did it pre-season of this one we went to Arundel I think early or mid-July wasn't it or end of July when we went last, to yeah last game. weekend of July we went yeah, yeah first and, game uh, last yeah season. so hopefully we'll be able to get in a couple of county games um before the big guns like Worthing in the National League start and um tonight's episode we've got Mitch Hand um who's Littlehampton's joint manager he's he's coming on to discuss Littlehampton's amazing season because that's another club that's been promoted in the Sussex area up to step four uh, another great achievement sadly I haven't been able to go down there this season due to work commitments and stuff but they've supported us with a podcast of the banner next to the pitch so it's only right that we go and support them and hopefully something will sort of match up and we can have a little we haven't had our end of season curry we kept talking about so we have to have a pre-season game or something won't we no, pre-season curry, can't we? Pre-season curry. Yeah, pre-season curry, and we yeah. can all wear our shirts. Well, Gaz said his son wears his <laughs> shirt, doesn't he? <laughs> my shirt looks like a crop top, and nobody yeah. wants to see that. In fact, my wow. son, my Mom son went wears, to Wembley. My son wears a shirt as a pajama top, so he's repping it every time he goes to bed. And I guess we'll get onto it. If if anyone's a new listener because they saw Trev wearing it at the um, National League final, oh, and saw it. Uh, National League Finals Day, they call it? No, non-league finals day, Non-league finals day, sorry. The non-league finals day at Wembley and Pete wore it at the Dorking playoff final. So if anyone is here, Pete can't be here to welcome you because he can't be bothered to turn up. But, you know, well, that's another thing. We're just ribbing him. He's got some family commitments on tonight. But hopefully we've got some new listeners because one thing we have to say, I think, over the course of the season, we have judged it on Facebook posts, but our, our interactions and sort of have got bigger and bigger every week. So... People that are sharing, people that are interacting with the post, people that are even listening. We've we managed to find our listing figures. It's quite hard because it's all mismatched over Google, like Spotify, Apple. What we're probably going to do next season is join a new platform where we'll be able to take all the listening figures and we'll know what we do um, every week without having to log on to about 50 different websites and trying to guess them at how many we're getting. But it is getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, this is uh, it's been another great season for us guys. And, you know, I think it leads on. What 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 would your highlights be this season? What would you say? One well, mine would have been a completed season <laughs> for everybody. 
Um, I don't know. I, but surely you could say, Trevor, I mean, about like you know, you, you finally getting your sort of break with the like you've always been in and around the local press, but being sort of Littlehampton's correspondent for a lot of their run, this must be a great achievement for yourself on a personal level. Yeah, it's been nice to get my name out there as well in, like you say, in the local press because of Littlehampton have um, have done so well this year in winning the free trophies and getting to Wembley. And some of it I've put myself forward for, and other times actually the um, Gazette editor Steve Bones actually messaged and said, "Are you going? Can you do something?" Um, I don't get paid for that. That's just for putting put putting my name out there and and stuff like that. But yeah, it's nice to be um, nice to be recognised, especially as it got. Closer to Wembley in the semi-final, quarter-finals as well to get, uh, you know, they're actually having a conversation and I'm being asked to do stuff rather than, you know, oh, actually, I'm going. Do you want something? You know, something slightly different. Mm. No, it's a great achievement. And uh, obviously, if you, you want to read more of uh, Trevor's uh, ramblings on the non-league football world, he is obviously the sponsor with uh, football writing dot. Co.uk. now. Yeah, keep on forgetting stuff. So oh, see how often you read it. Or, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, hi, hi, highlight wise, to be fair, I I don't know really. I mean, sixty one games I saw last year at all levels, starting with you um, at Arundel back in July, as we said. Um, and I'd love to say it actually finished at Wembley, but it didn't. It finished um, at Culver Lancer. Road, um, yeah. watching Little Lampton win another trophy. Um, and I think out of those sixty one games, I think I've watched Little Lampton. 15 times does help it's only a couple of minutes walk or it was a five minute drive from the other side of town but um yeah I'm trying to think I've been I've been National League right the way down to step six I think this year no one step seven game I think um yeah one step seven game so you me at a step seven game yeah so yeah I've been I've covered covered everywhere wherever I've been Chesterfield I think it's the furthest north I've managed to go this year but I haven't been been to Dover, been to Eastleigh, been to Wroxham. So um, yeah, I've, I've Hungerford. I've spread, you know, I've, I've spread out a little bit. No, but it's 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 it's, it's just pure like love of non-league. Obviously, you know myself with the, the highlights got to be worth, and obviously getting the promotion, you cannot beat that. Like whatever happens, that like, it's a disappointment we didn't win any more trophies. You know, got beaten by a very good Brighton under twenty-three side at um at the Amex and we got knocked out of the League Cup, which we shouldn't have to Hayward's Heath, but fair play to them. And the eventual winners, Horsham. We didn't get to the 100 points, which our manager, Adam Hinchwood, so desperately wanted, but we got 97 and 100 goals. And I think to do that for the third year on a trot after two years of real upset and heartbreak, it's it's been pretty amazing achievement. But I would say if it wasn't for that, I probably would have been able to get to some more other teams, other games, but we, we do try. But, you know, being able to follow Worthing up and down the country, i say the most northerly I probably went was oh, Harringay, <laughs> something like that, Harringay. <laughs> no, I didn't go Bishops, actually. Oh, no, Chesson? I didn't go, no, go Chester this year. Went yeah. a couple of years ago. Um, it might be Potter's Bar. Is that the furthest north? Potter's Bar, yeah, would you yeah. say? Yeah, it would be, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, it's a little bit further north than Harringay, isn't it? So, um and 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 the furthest south would probably uh, be Bognor, if you want to say that. <laughs> it's like uh, we're kind of the furthest south. You can't really get any more south than Worthing, can you? Unless we're going southwest. No. Well, well when you go southwest uh, next year, next year you got Chippenham, you got Bath. You know, a little bit further out. Yeah. Truro. A little bit further. Taunt. Is it Truro? Yeah, or Taunton? No. Taunton. Uh, did Truro go up in the end? Or was it Taunton? Taunton, yeah, Taunton would definitely come up because they won yeah, the that, Southern yeah, League. So, yeah, Taunton, you'd have Taunton, yeah. yeah. yeah so, quite a few journeys are a bit further than Essex, yeah. but they might be, uh, as we say, like football weekend night stops or something like that. For overnight stays. Yeah, overnighters. Overnighters keep the Worthing boys at play. Um, Gareth, what would, you, what would you say a highlight of yours is? I mean, obviously, you've got more steady internet now, so that's pretty much a highlight. That's, that's a good highlight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it started off obviously right at the beginning, joining you guys. Um, that was good, but oh yeah, you replaced as, the not, Yank. Yeah, not quite as um, as many games as Trev, but I think I still managed around forty-five games this season, which no doubt, like great thanks to the wife because obviously I wouldn't be able to do it if she wasn't looking after the child. But um, and then I think seeing the. Seeing Worthen get promoted was a big one for me. We'll see Worthen born and bred, watched them for 20 years, then finally to reach 
one of their goals was was nice to see that. And I think I I saw the trophy celebration. I think I saw the last game of the season as well. Last time game of the season. I saw a few towards the end of the season. Um, after I stopped gallivanting around with Trev. Um, but yes, like same same with Trevor, seen games in the, the National League right down to step seven. So spent a lot of time at the beginning of the year, uh, beginning of the season watching step seven. Um, that's the majority of my games, um, just purely because I had a friend that does all the match day announcing and stuff at, at that step seven game. But yeah, it's been been a great season. Try and get to 50 yeah. next season. Yeah, that's a, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. Um, I'd say we, if we say highlights, we've got to say lowlights. I think for me, like I haven't really had any lowlights in... Uh, I'd like to have done a bit better in the cup competitions because that's always always fun and brings money into club. But I think in terms of lowlights, it's, it's just sort of continual week in, week out. We're having to talk about racism and like fighting and just crowd behaviour. And we, we've mm. mentioned it before. Is it because COVID has got people hepped up and waiting to release anger which I think it possibly is because I noticed as you guys know I work in customer facing role we find it at work so a lot of times now people are more argumentative even over the most littlest of things and is it is it all hepped up because of COVID but I just hope that next season it's kind of everyone's got it out of their system a bit because even like we've seen in the like like in the football league people going on the pitch and attacking players you know so why are they attacking players when they're celebrating a victory like why was there any need like wasn't it the man city game when they won the league they got, who who were they playing uh, uh, villa you know, and their goalkeeper got attacked for no Mm. reason it's not like they were man united but i mean there's no excuse anyway but these idiots going up and smacking him around the head like what for what reason i think people have just forgotten how to behave around other people because there have been a lot of people were shut away for so long living in their own company or the company of the people in their own household Mm. they've forgotten what it's like to actually interact with other human beings almost um almost caveman mentality in, in some respects and some of these pitch invasions have been absolutely shocking. I think it's the, you know, the right word for it. Um, even, you know, I, I think the best one I actually saw was Chesterfield against Halifax in the playoffs at Chesterfield won. Um, and Chesterfield didn't actually get onto the pitch, the fans. Um, everywhere else I've seen, the stewards been lackadaisical, even in places where I've seen afterwards that they knew what was going to happen. They hadn't planned for it. You just think, you know, having seen what's gone on in such a short space of time as well, it's mm. almost thrown back to the 70s. Do we think it's also because of a little, there's a little bit more interest in non-league football right now with, you know, a lot of, you see a lot of, the, it's sadly, and you don't, it's not just, but it's a lot of the younger younger fans that are maybe at the later end of their teenage years, sort of their college student age, and they've watched too many Danny Dyer films the night before thinking they're going to go and smash up West Ham or something like that. But even Littlehampton throughout their thing have had a few problems with fans being silly and with flares and stuff. I mean, at this level, flares are probably a big, well, they're no-no anyway, but flares on plastic pitches are just, they ruin them. They just, they can cause thousands of pounds of damage to a club that can't afford. And, um, it just seems no end of it. And I really, really hope next season it's not going to sort of start really polluting non-league football. Yeah, yeah, I think I think there's something to do with the accessibility of tickets in the Premier League forcing fans who want to watch football but are the wrong type that we don't necessarily want. Prime example is when Enfield came down to Worthing and there was a riot van outside, three police cars, police turned up at half-time. Um, and I heard rumours then that it was a lot of Spurs fans um, who couldn't necessarily go to a Spurs game but were just tagging on with the Enfield fans to cause a bit of trouble. So I don't know whether... That's allegedly, that's what I've heard from speaking to people. Um, I think they've got a few the- saucy characters around Enfield football club anyway I think they've yeah. they they had a bit of history over the years there's a few clubs you can level that out though where, where professional clubs t- attach on to, to, to yeah. non-league it's been that's, that's gone on for years and a lot of it goes unnoticed because there <clears throat> excuse me there ain't enough of a of a travelling support or home support of a game to make it kind of um, a, you know a bit of an issue but so this year it just seems to have come to the fore a little bit too much yeah, I mean, I don't know. As you say, I think it is, Gaz, uh, I completely agree, like the cost of football higher up. As you know, my friends know around the Worthing area, like, you know, one of the reasons what attracted me so much to start following Worthing was the fact that I could go down at the time 
and get change for 20 quid for a tenner to get in a couple of beers and a burger and you sorted. Um, but now, I mean, it's got price has gone up and it'll go up again next season because we've risen through the leagues, which is fair enough. And, you know, as, as um, Pete and I spoke to the chairman of um, Worthing in, in our Red Bull Yell podcast, and he was saying like a lot of clubs that average on national sales, 14 pounds, but a lot, quite a few have pushed in 15 pounds. And I think he said something like an extra pound for the whole season, although it doesn't sound like much. It's worth something like another 10 grand to the club or something over the course of a season. So it's whether he said, we want to get that extra player that might fire us up the league or do we stick it at 14 and, you know, we might not push as much as we are. So it's it's a level that, you know, even a lot of fans that's worthy for a very long time, you know, might be start getting priced out of the game because they can't afford the extra few quid. But that's unfortunately sometimes what happens when clubs want to progress. It's I a fine balance. Go on. No, go on, go on. I just say it's a fine balancing act, isn't it, between raising the prices and keeping your fan base happy. Um, I I think fourteen pound if for that league is probably acceptable, just. But you want to make sure, and obviously, for for Worthing going up, it's a case of making sure that if you are, if you're charging that a little bit extra. You want to see the performance on the pitch reflect that. Mm. Obviously, you don't know what the how you're going to perform necessarily within the league. I hope, I hope, we don't all hope that they do well. But I think you've got to make sure if you're putting the prices up that there's clear and obvious investment within the playing squad to really challenge. <laughs> don't talk to me about pricing. I know, not not <laughs> your uh, no. beloved Barnet. <laughs> But it's also about like if they put it up to 15 quid, 14, 15 quid, are we still going to be getting those levels of over a thousand, one and a half thousand next season? That's the thing. Or is it going to put some people off slightly? I, th- I think you'll still get over a thousand. I think if what you'll find is it may drop off the first couple of games, you'll probably you'll probably get the decent crowds, might drop off a little bit. But if performances reflect the value for money, then I don't think that'd be any problem. I think 14, 15 quid would be perfectly acceptable. I'd still pay it. Mm. And I think as well, well it's, not, it's not just what's on the pitch though, it's your match day experience as well. Yeah, can you get yeah. beer? Can you get food? Is it good? Same, is it yeah. accessible? You know, can I still see the, you know, can I still, you know, see the players in the bar afterwards or are they shipped off to a, you know, completely different bar or whatever? That's the sort of thing that is people are looking at as well as, you know, what it costs for them to go in. Extra quid might mean nothing, but if they get in and the beers as watery as anything and the burgers are half cooked, that then puts people off, and that's when your numbers start to start to drop a little bit. I think Worthing will do well to source a new burger, for want of a better expression. I think the football's be- food at football has become massive in the last season. Well, it has for us, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. But for like for like foot like the like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram with like footy scran. Yeah, scran, yeah. I think but it's a good way of promotion, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. The game. Just, if you get five people a game going just to try your burger, that's an extra, like, what, at 15 quid, that's an extra 75 quid entry on your, your well, ticket, do you know what I mean? I was watching a um, bunch of amateurs last night and they were interviewing Crouchy because it was a Dulwich episode. And he said he's just had a burger and he said it was really nice. And apparently the, the guy from Bunch of Amateurs said to, to Crouchy, Mark went to Hungerford, saw their burger, went back to Dorking and they Funny upped that. their game. Based on Mark's experience at Hungerford. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because yeah. I did like, obviously doing the podcast with Pete. Um, we get we've got quite a close relationship with like sort of board members of the club, Barry the chairman and stuff. And I have said to him, I said, look, we're on the seaside. Why not do something different, like a fish burger or something like that? You know, like a battered fish burger, something like different. You know, yeah. something. Go he goes, that. he goes, it's quite a good. Yeah, but it's something like Worthing Seaside. Yeah. You know, like yeah. have a have a fish burger or like with mushy peas on it or something like that or something with you know something that's going to stand out. Yeah. you'll get people going on social media and draw a bit of attention because I said to him I said the fair does need to improve I mean it's sea- just it, a seafood like little thingy you know platter uh, or something yeah, yeah. yeah like, just like even if yeah. it's outside the ground like you say it's something different and it makes it noticeable and actually that's what gets people talking about it yeah it's true I mean he has said the match day experience they they know needs to change as you guys have been there when it's been really busy you know people do get annoyed they get peed off that they can't get a beer like you know half times 15 minutes as we know sometimes you can't get a beer at all in that time we're anywhere near the front or let alone go to the toilet so over the last sort of few games they installed a couple of 
Portaloos around the ground, which is obviously a help, um, a temporary fix at that. They have admitted there are plans to do another bar in the ground, but it's just, it's, I think it's the management. I think as, as um, quite a few of my friends have said at Worthing, there's almost too many beer choices during a match. Like, you know, you only need like a lager, have one or two lagers at max and, a, and an ale. That's all you need, really. You don't need to have Guinness, Coors, uh, Bud Light, uh, Budweiser, Bex, because then, you know, there's just too many choices. Uh, and as you know, Guinness, to pour it properly, you need to let it settle. And like, if you're getting a load of people buying Guinnesses, it's like, have them after and before the game. But during the match, I only limit the selection. Yeah. I think it would work wonders. But it's going to be interesting because obviously the high league, get away teams are going to bring more there. And you don't want to start getting a reputation of, oh, I can't be asked to go to Worthing anymore because the queues are too big, mm. and you know, which would be a detriment to the club. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. We're talking about promotion going on. We've obviously had the National League playoffs. They're all finished, as we know. The season's completely done and dusted. And the Hollywood Megabucks are staying in the National League. Um, obviously, we have it no longer on the podcast, but um, Ian, uh, our former podcast uh, host, uh, he, um, he he had a soft spot for some reason for Rex, and we always gave him a stick for it. And... You know, we like to be fair to all national, uh, sorry, non-league clubs here. We're not one bias. You know, we do support our own clubs and stuff. But I did chuckle a little bit that Rex had been promoted because I did really think that McKelvey and um, what's his name, um, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, they, they um, I think they thought they'd blow it out of the water, and it hasn't happened. So what's next? Yeah, he, he had a bad week, didn't he, Ryan? Lost the trophy final and then lost in the playoffs. A <laughs> The best bit, I remember messaging you, Trevor, I think I put it in the group, when they don't know what the offside rule is and they're all celebrating like they've scored or something. Yeah, bless, like, them, oh, bloody bless yanks. <laughs> No offside in American football, though, is there? Um, no. It's it's such a difficult one out, how how, how you want to look at it from, from from the point of view of a of a National League fan at Barnet, I'd much rather they disappeared because mm. they're going to invest again next season. Um, they've already got a squad that's that that's good enough, but they were you know well and truly matched by Grimsby and beaten. But they're going to be favourites next year, simple as that. And you're playing catch up for that other promotion place, realistically, you know, behind them. Um, at the same time, I'm glad it shows that money doesn't buy you success, you know. And the players, you know, I saw Paul Paul Mullin at Wembley didn't think too much of him to be honest, and. The playoff game against um, Grimsby, he, he scored a couple of times, but for four and a half grand a week, sorry, but I was expecting him to hit the net at least twice every game. His, you know, um, shot to goal ratio should be, you know, way up in in the ninety percent. That's surely what four and a half grand pays you for. Um, but you know, the playoffs themselves have been absolutely superb from Unreal. the eliminators all the way through. They've been so so good. You know, culminating in the in the final on on Sunday, and Grimsby beating Solihull again, absolutely cracking game. And at times it was so open, you know that that could have finished five four quite comfortably. Um, you know, but fair play to Grimsby. Not not often a side gets back at the first attempt. I think it's the fifth fifth club only um, in the last twenty odd years. I think it is that have gone that have gone straight back up after coming down. So that shows again how difficult it's becoming, you know, to get to get out of the National League at the right end. Yeah. 100% fair play to them, but I did kind of want Solihull to go up for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, another side that's not played in the Football League before, a bit like Forest Green a couple of years ago and Harrogate as well. It's nice, but because of the not getting the three up, three down at the moment, there's such a bottleneck in that, top bit of football league clubs that you get clubs yeah. like Dorking, Maidstone, York coming back. Two of those have played football league themselves before, but mm. you know, they're streets behind the clubs that finished in the top seven this year and somehow yeah. they got to compete next year. Yeah, as you say, it's almost we've said it before in here, it's almost like becoming a sort of league three, isn't it? With the sort of uh you know the teams up there and you know as we know no teams bigger not big enough to be relegated down into the non-league system. Um I mean, we could touch on that. I mean, look at that semi-final Wrexham played 5-4. And what, what game that was. I mean, mm. so I found them so much more exciting than the EFL playoffs. And But the one thing that was disappointing, you knew we were kind of touch on it, was the price of the oh, final yeah. tickets. What were the National Shocking. League thinking? 
But what was it the National League? Because I saw Vanarama gave a grant to each club. So why are they then giving grants to each club? Or is it West Ham or the London Stadium's owner that are charging them that amount of money that they need to make up the numbers? Or okay, do you want to go first? Um, I don't know much about it. I was really knocked because I was actually, whether Trev's going or not, I was actually thinking of just jumping in my car, driving somewhere near there and going to watch the game. And I saw the price of tickets and went, nah, I'm not going to do that. Um, what was the cheapest? Was it 42 quid? 43.99, I think it was. For the yeah, because didn't they? And then they cheekily d- charge a delivery fee of 99p or something, despite yeah. that you've got to print it at home on your own printer. Yeah. So, did, so did Wembley for the... Um... Uh, Monday finals day that. as well. Like, what? Why? Like, why not just incorporate it in the price? Mm. Yeah, it's an insult. Um, I, I was I was really disappointed because I, I I haven't been to a game since I think it was Littlehampton's IUR semi final in in Hassocks. That was the end of April. Yeah, at the end of April. Mm. Um, I think that was the last game I went to. I was after Worthing's trophy. Yeah, yeah. so I think and I, I was sort of thinking oh, I'll try and squeak one more in before the end of the season. So 20 quid, 25 quid, I'd probably have paid it. But 43, 43, 44 pound for the cheapest is is, is shocking. <laughs> I, I can't and hats off to the people that did go. But from my understanding, each set of fans was given an allocation of 25,000 tickets. I don't know how many was there, but I'm guessing there wasn't 50,000 there. 22,897. So they didn't even set out one set of allocation. No, but you wouldn't at that price, would you? I put money on it. In fact, I put £43 on it, that if those tickets were 25, 30 quid maximum, there'd probably have been another five, ten thousand people there. Especially as it was unlikely that there was going to be any teams from London and everyone was going to have to travel. So... I mean, yeah, I, d- I don't know. I don't know. Right, so just uh, putting it here, Grimsby, um, they, they charge 20 quid normally to get in. Yeah. Standard um, National League, I'd say. Shouldn't yeah, be 65 and over 13, 18, 22, 13. So I'm not surprised that people can't afford, because it's not just, because Grimsby, is that north northeast, is it? North? Yeah, north, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, on yeah. the coast. How, how can you, how can people... That spend that are gonna have to get all the way down to London. I mean, Solihull Moors were 15 quid a ticket, so they were even cheaper. Just seeing here, they're 15 yeah. quid a ticket. I was just trying to find that. Yeah. You yeah. can't, 20, you can't justify it. You really prices, can't. Adults, 15 pounds. So that's nearly three times the their normal ticket price. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm gonna guess a lot of the fans that went were season ticket holders and already paid their two, three hundred pound or whatever it is. £400 in Barnett's case, but two or £300 for hmm. for their season ticket. And they're going to pay another nearly another 25% on top of that for one game. Yeah. And the fact as well, West Ham, half the lower tier was missing. So, and they yeah. weren't allowing concessions in the top tier. So once the lower tier sold out for both clubs, then in the top tier, you're asking kids and over 65s to pay 40 quid. Absolutely outrageous. That, for, a, for, a, that, for a pitch that that's national, 42 yeah. miles away. Yeah, the, the, the National League hmm. board put that together and think, yeah, that's acceptable. Where you can pay 25 quid to go and watch two games at Wembley the week before. Even the championship cheap, cheapest ticket was about four or five quid cheaper than than um, what the, you know, the National League one was. But I just don't, you know, it's like, you know, with, with a lot of things in price at the moment, live in the real world because... Well, also saying here, like, like saying... Um... Apparently, away games in the Premier League ticket price are capped at thirty quid now. They are, yeah, yeah. Um, so why they hell think they could do that? And the fact that in 2018, 2019, it was thirty six and forty one, which even then is extortionate. Mm. But you know, to to be um to be charging forty five quid, pretty much, let's just say, to go and see. And uh, yeah, okay, I'm I'm sure Grimsby fans won't be caring about the cost anymore. But the fact they nationally have to issue statements and like and their charities having to get involved to help pay, it's just crazy. Well, yeah, when a sponsor stumps up 20 grand each and both clubs raised a tremendous amount of money each to allow their fans to travel down on coaches, you know, which is great for them. Why should they be doing that? You know, you're the league, you're the league governing body. You know, it's no good coming out afterwards and going, oh, we'll, you know, we'll learn about it and, and implement something better last year. Could have done it this year. Could quite easily have done it. But, you know, chosen greed over over everything else. And 
you know, this crappy statement that money goes back to member clubs. Well, Grimsby ain't going to care about that because they're no longer a member club in a couple of weeks' time when the AGM's held. But yeah. also, Mark, I've said that um, it was a decrease on last year and I'm seeing comments, no, rubbish, last year's 41 quid. That's a rubbish. So why is he rubbish. lying? Has he had COVID oh. and it's affected his brain? God knows. Maybe he's come, maybe he's come from the Jack Pierce school of, um, of quotes. Uh, yeah, numbers. Or the Diane Abbott number, number crunching school. Um <laughs> But you know, it, they need to they need to learn because it shouldn't. Non-league is non-league for a reason, and yeah, it's a playoff final. It is at a glitzy little stadium in London. But the thing is, is they shouldn't be charging that amount of money. Bottom line, you know, they could. They said if they if uh, the thing. I, this is what I don't understand. Sometimes I ain't a businessman. I'd probably be a crap businessman. But surely, if they had a ticket at thirty quid, then they'd have got another ten, fifteen, twenty thousand on top of that, and they would have made more money anyway. So it makes no sense. No, comfortable. I mean, you know, it. You know, like as a lot, lot, lot of neutrals I know on Twitter would have gone had the price been mm. something sensible. Not, not yeah. one of them I know went yesterday because of the of, of the price of it. It's like no thanks. Yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was, I was, I wasn't able to go. But again, if I had been around, I, I like Gaz, I would have been like, why would I go as a neutral up there? Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm going. I'm going to see a gig there in a couple of weeks' time. I'll go and see the stadium then. I'd rather see that <laughs> and see a few bands on than uh, watch that. But it's it's not it's not acceptable. I mean, Trev, how much we're we going to do? We're going to talk about the um, non-league finals day. But how much did you pay for your ticket to see two games there? Twenty-five quid. There you go. Two games: the Vars final and the Trophy final. You saw basically one of the teams that was in the playoff run in the National League, and you saw Bromley who. Who deservedly won that day, um, and you saw obviously Littlehampton and Newport Pagnell um, as local team. Um, two games of football, twenty five quid. Mm. It was a good day out. You saw some people. It was a decent attendance. That's what it should be: twenty five quid, thirty quid max. I think you know, how, many, look- how many were at the final, non-league finals day? What was the total attendance? Uh, Forty six thousand two hundred eleven. It's the second best ever. There we um, go. Non-league finals day. I think you know? it's been over forty thousand the like, few times that we've been as well. The total combined. Yeah, I mean, you know, both both Vars sides sold nigh on about seven thousand each. It's fourteen thousand just between those two. Wrexham, you were obviously going to get a good support. Bromley as well because they took about twenty thousand to the final. I think about it was four, three, four years ago. Um, so they took fifteen again in the end. So when you've got two well-supported teams, but you could have picked probably probably all of the top seven that were in the National League this year, and you would have brought. 10 to 15,000 to non-league finals day so they would easily have replicated that themselves you know probably double over at a sensible ticket price for um for, for the national league playoff final mm. yeah it's it's crazy and that's the thing like you know obviously as you see the clubs going up the league you're gonna have to get used to stumping up a little bit more for ticket prices but to be doing that's ridiculous Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Um, but anyway, back to sort of good times. Uh, it wasn't the best time for our local, one of our local sides, Little Hampton Town, who got to, to the Vars final against Newport Bagnall. Trevor, you were there. You had a great day out. Um, but also who was there is someone that's about to join us now. is Mitch Hand, the joint manager of uh, Little Hampton. And he sat down with us to talk about Little Hampton's amazing season. Mitch, good to have you on the Premier Non-League podcast end of season episode. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for having me. No, no, I think it's a little bit of recognition of what an amazing season you've had. Just how has it been overall? Like, if you could sum it up in one word, uh, probably more uh, than one word, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's been unique, I'd say, is the word. I mean, it's been nice actually to have a couple of weeks off where you can actually sit back and reflect because the last couple of months of the season was just, it was just chaos. It was every single game, it was so heavy. Every single game was a semi or a final or a, or a league decider. And, and to, 
and and at the time we didn't have we didn't even have a moment to look back on what we were doing. It was just rolling into the next game, rolling into the next massive game, and to actually have a couple of weeks to then to then have a look at what we've done. Um, mm. Yeah, no, it was really really unique and and quite unbelievable when I look back on it. Some of the huge things that happened, I haven't even got any proper like recollection. Uh, yeah. It just rolled into one. Looks like you had a sort of exciting time in the last couple of weeks, Mitch. Because um, from social media, I think you you and the lads went away on a bit of a team bonding. Where whereabouts did you end up? Oh, it was amazing, mate. We went to we went to Malaga, and um, twenty four of us went. Um, and as you can imagine, it was uh, it was very very messy, but it was brilliant. It was such a good way to end a unique season. I mean, you'd rarely get twenty four blokes go on a stag do together to have the whole no. squad minus I think two. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a mate. It's a really, really good way to end the season. Like I said, where things have got so heavy towards the end of the season, it was hard to enjoy it really. But to have that little bit of time to just to, to just be boys and, and just enjoy yourself was class. Hundred percent. Well, we um, for the people that don't um, don't know much about Littlehampton, we can tell you, you won the treble this year. You won the league. Obviously, step five and going into step four for the first time. Am I right in thinking? Yeah. Yeah. First time in that you won the League Cup and you won the RUR. So a nice little treble. And you were finalist at the FA Vars at Wembley, which, to be honest, must have been like a dream come true. Yeah, it was. I still struggle with that one because I look back on it with a little bit of little bit of regret, a little bit of remorse. But but on a whole, for the whole season itself is just, you wouldn't have been able to write it at the beginning of the season. For the situation that we were in, we lost our manager three weeks before the season started. So to end the season the way we did was was crazy but um yeah looking back on the Wembley experience that the experience up to the game was amazing but the game itself mm. was painful so it's a bit of a difficult um it's a bit of a difficult one to sum up a losing experience at Wembley is is really really tough but all in all it was it, it was amazing I can't complain too much would you would you would you swap the three trophies for a win at Wembley no oh. I wouldn't do you know why I I wouldn't because for me local pride matters to me more than anything yeah. And um, to know that you're the best side, not even just locally in the Aran area, but in 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 the Sussex County League, for me is massive. And and we won it for Littlehampton, I think, six years ago. And I, and at that time, I was young and naive, and I assumed that we'd win it every year. And then to to go through the setbacks we did, relegation, to win it again, really felt like redemption for me. It was massive. So no, I genuinely wouldn't. I'm glad you said that because obviously a Wembley experience is still a Wembley experience at the end of the day, isn't it? Like, I'm, I'm guessing it must have been magical to walk out when there's no fans there, just to walk out when you first arrive at the stadium and stand on that hallowed turf. I, and me as a as a male, growing up, wanted to be a professional footballer. Obviously, my physique doesn't allow for that, um, <laughs> but it was always been a dream to sort of step out of Wembley. So I'm guessing a lot of dreams were ticked off that day, yeah. regardless of the result. Yeah, mate, to be honest, um, just being there was surreal. It was really surreal. And to sit, it was the, it was the little details that, that, that just threw me, like seeing, seeing an interview I was doing on, on the big screen and seeing the boys' names being read out on the big screen. And then as you actually walk out into the ground, it look, it, it, I can only assume from a player's point of view, it's, it's how Wembley looks when it's full because you can only see the bottom tier. And the bottom tier was absolutely packed to the rafters. So you go out there and yeah. before you know it, you're looking at sort of, I don't know how many was there, 15,000 odd fans. And it was just crazy. And the, the whole experience of it was just so manic. I remember getting yeah. pushed out of the changing room and, and you've got all the guys on the microphones ready to like, go, go, go. And they push you out. And before you know it, you're walking out into that pitch in front of all them fans. You've yeah. got the fireworks going up. Yeah. I didn't have a clue where I was walking. I was just wandering around like that. <laughs> I may look like I knew what I was doing. I was very much faking it. I was walking out and just, I thought, I don't know what I'm doing here. But it, yeah, it was it was incredible. The whole thing was amazing. Good. I'm glad. You're... Unfortunately, I missed it. I was in Florida Ventura and... Uh... Tried, tried, <laughs> tried several times on lots of different ways to try and get hold of the game, but I did miss it. I'm afraid. It's all right, Mitch. The best of us were there anyway. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, here he goes. Here he goes. Yeah, the real local ones. Journo. The real ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mitch, obviously, um, we'll touch on it. You, you said it was. You look back on with a bit of regret, obviously, the game. Where, what, what sort of? It's obviously hard to say from outside point of view, but what do you think went wrong that day? Because obviously you, the run up to Wembley and everything you've been doing in the league, do you think the the event almost got to them? 
I think it I think it did. And a couple of the boys were really honest about it. And and it was quite refreshing after to have a couple of them say, look, I just almost froze in the moment. And it was a couple of our big players that have been really good for us all season. So in that way, you really can't knock them because on the whole, I mean, they've been amazing, these players. And then, like, for me, you think to yourself, how would I react on the pitch as a player? It was really difficult to tell because the conditions were hard, the the start of the game was strange. And then we had the injury to George, which really took the wind mm. out of our sails. But there's there's a lot of things I would have done differently. Um, the way they set up was brilliant, to be fair to them. I spoke to their manager after the game and they had the luxury of watching three of our games when their season had finished. So they, they actually changed the way they were going to play um, before they played us, which threw me a little bit uh, tactically. So there, there's plenty of things I would do different. But... Um, Again, like I said, looking back on it, do you know what? On the day, there was no real complaints. They were they were much, much better than us. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had the experience. And as we say, at least you've gone the treble. And I guess you can look forward to, till next season, going up to step four for the first time in the ESPN South East Division, am I right in saying? Yeah. Um, what's what's the plans like are you i mean obviously you're not going to go up to make up the numbers but are you guys planning to go for step three or are you planning to sort of sustain yourself in step four first and you know a few years down the line push for that promotion what what what's the sort of planning been this pre-season uh there's so much work that needs to be done to the ground just to compete at step four so the club yep. got their hands full big time so if we told them we were going for promotion i think they'd probably sack us so <laughs> we um but yeah, no, for the for the club, it's very much about sustaining. Um, a lot of the players we've got have never played that level. A lot of them are good enough, more than good enough. And I think the, the key thing for me and George is just to focus on keeping the group that we've got um, and adding in the areas where we're going to need to add. But for me, I, I'm really happy with the group we've got. And I, and I genuinely think we played a few teams from step four in, in cup competitions and we more than held our own. So... I think the boys will really thrive in that league and I, mm-hmm. I haven't really got an expectation of like sort of league positions, but I, I'd like to think that we would um, that we would give most teams in that league a, a good game and then you just see where we go. We've got, we've got the luxury of almost being underdogs in that league, which always suits yeah. us. So to go in there with nothing to lose is um, it, it's, it's quite a nice feeling going from obviously being expected to win every single game the boys have got a little bit less pressure so do you know what I'm just really excited to give it a go play against Mm. new teams go to new grounds I can't wait for it that's the thing I mean and one thing you've got the advantage of which hopefully the numbers sustain is the amount of support that the club had during the cup run and you know towards the end of the season even if a fraction of that amount can turn up you're going to trump any other team in that league especially now that Hastings have gone out of the league and they've gone up to step three you're going to you're going to have a lot of support so that would also be a point to help the boys push along and work their way up the table definitely definitely I think I, I don't feel it's slowing down as well Trevor know as well like the actual the, the support and the, the little community that we've got now these um, it, what really showed is after the Vars final we played on the Wednesday night uh, in the final against Salt Dean and I think there was about 800 there and I would genuinely yeah. say about yeah. 750 were Littlehampton yeah, and to get that after the disappointment and only three days after the Vars um, for them people who have spent their money going to Wembley to then come out and support us again on a Wednesday night. That, for me, was the real, um, that moment where I thought, this isn't just a flash in the pan. This is, I think we've genuinely got this now. And as long as we can obviously keep keep giving them something to cheer about and be proud about, they'll keep coming, I'm sure of it. And I think we'll get some really, really big crowds next year. And I think you're right. I think that really pushed the boys on. I think we'll take a lot of teams in that league by surprise. Um, yeah. And I don't mind that. I really don't mind that at all. You'd be looking on that. I've, I've seen on plenty of social media, like even some friends of mine that live locally to Littlehampton, they've even said, I caught the bug. I'll definitely be back next season. And hopefully something of what's happened at Worthing, who the club that I follow closely down the road, obviously from you guys, um, over the last five, six, seven years, the attendance has just gradually built up to what it is now to push the club to the step um, step two now. But hopefully we can see that Littlehampton because as you can probably agree with me and Trev and Gaz on here, Sussex football this season has been amazing. And like to continue it, I think it's just it just shows what a great county we have. Mate, I said it about halfway through the season. I couldn't believe, like Hastings were flying, Worthing were flying, we were doing well. I, I just couldn't believe how much it took off. And then to see not only the, the performances and the, and the results, but to see the crowds growing as well, it was just incredible to see. And it's interesting you say about Werben. Me and George have, have, have tried to use Werben as a little bit of a model. Um, George is um, good friends with Hinch. He's, he, Hinch's son plays for our Little Hampton youth teams. Um, okay. And we've said about how important it is to try and get that, um, that, that's, that support through the youth. 
Um, so we've looked at Worthing a lot about how can we get more kids into the ground, kids bring their parents, kids bring their friends, and, and it just generates such a good atmosphere at the club. So that's something that we've looked at a lot. And to get that connection with the youth, a bit like what Worthing have done, um, it really sort of, um, it creates a buzz in the ground and it did it for our cup games and it was brilliant. And that carried on to the league. So yeah, like I said, I, I can't see it slowing down. Fingers crossed. Well, obviously, uh, us at the PNLP, we we got a little soft spot. Trev more than some of us at, uh, for Littlehampton. You had our had our banner at the end of the season, so we're very very <laughs> thankful for you for displaying it. And hope we got a few more listeners. But obviously, we'll be keeping an eye on you guys next season, and um, wish you the very best. Um, please come back sometime throughout the season. So we'd love to hear how your step four experience is going. And I'm sure I'll be down there next season. I'm sure I can be with Trev and Gaz sometime. And it'll be really good to see you, mate, and meet you in person. But um, thanks for coming on, spending a bit of time here. One, once again, congratulations to you and the guys for an amazing season. You know, we've been so proud to call you a Sussex club and everyone's been behind you. So just well done, mate. And we look forward to seeing you next season. Good man. Anytime, mate. Anytime. Are you PNLP? Trev, it was... Um, it, it was so disappointing, obviously, to not see Littlehampton finalise and win that trophy. Gaz has gone. We'll, we'll see you later, Gaz. Is he letting the cat in? Is he letting the cat in? There yeah. you go. Is that what the meows is? That's what, that's what his excuse is. Um, disappointing, but a great experience to see Littlehampton at Wembley. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's so hard to say that you can be disappointed because they've won three trophies. Um, mm. You know, Beginning of a season, you ask any any non-league manager up and down the country, would you have taken what Littlehampton had this year? They'd have bitten your hand off, absolutely. Mm. Um, it's been, you know, I mean, I've, I'm not a I'm not a fan, I'm not a supporter. It's just where I'm where I've lived for the last 17 years. Uh, it's the town team, um, yeah. and as I've called it, right in all year, it's a story that wants another page written. And another page, and another page. It just kept going the whole season through. It's been, it's been phenomenal, and I don't think it's something that I'll see again. Um, especially not a team getting to Wembley because that is few and far between. I mean, I think it's six hundred and eighteen teams set out in the Vars in September yeah. to make the final. Um, absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, and um, as you know, as Mitch said as well, he's got they've got such a good group of players that are great mates on and off the pitch. Um, I spoke to quite a few of them before the Vars. I speak to two or three of them quite regularly as well, anyway. Um, and you know, that's that's exactly what it is. And I hope next year they you know give it a, a decent go. And you know, as Mitch said, I think they will surprise a few teams, especially with, with the support they get off the pitch as well. Not a lot of teams to be as well supported as them. It's like Gaz said like to him, he said, uh, would you have taken the win at Wembley for in replacement of the other three trophies? And you know, quite rightly he said no, because he's a local guy, he's a town, obviously what's happened for the town. And I think to be honest, an achievement at Wembley is amazing. You know, you'd love to win a cup final, but if it means your team not getting promoted, I know what I'd rather because, you know, you want a better level of football, you want a higher level. There'll be opportunities again, as you said, very unlikely that they'll get there. You know, if they did it back to back, it'd be amazing in the trophy because they're now on seeing the trophy, but that brings a lot more bigger teams to face. Um, but it was great for the town, as we said, plenty of times this season. You know, it's, it's, it's been an amazing season for Sussex football. Yeah, it has. I actually did an article for the um, Littlehampton Gazette as part of the Vars build-up. You had Littlehampton you know, winning promotion and they'd only won one cup by then. Worthing had got promoted. Hastings had got promoted. Horsham had won a cup. Eastbourne Borough had made the playoffs. Haywards Heath had made the playoffs. You know, fantastic achievement for, for Sussex, you know, all the way through. There's bits at every single level you could, you know, almost, almost take in. I think the only thing they're really missing is either, you know, another football league club or, um, you know, National League top division club is the only thing that's missing for, for Sussex at the moment. Yeah, hopefully one of those teams in red are going that way very soon, we'd like to think. Um, but we move on to the sort of trophy final. Was it a good final? Were you, did you enjoy it? I mean, it was only had one goal in it, but it was obviously for for Bromley, which we were all quite happy about. Um, were they deserved winners, would you have said? I think if Wrexham had taken a chance, which they should have done, they should have been in front possibly by a couple of goals. Don't take chances. You don't win games. But 
what I like between the two games is you get the the honest endeavour of the players at step five and six in the Vars final. Um, you know, players that play in at a stadium there really unlikely to feature at ever again. And then you get to the trophy final and it becomes that a little bit more tactical. There's a lot more awareness. The touch is obviously sharper because they're, you know, professional outfits, nine times out of ten. Um, and you, you just get that difference between the two games that you wouldn't get anywhere else because you don't get too like that, you know, to see through the rest of the season. But, um, you know, Bromley took their chance well. They, you know, they defended their one-goal lead as well. Um, you know, and probably it made up for what's probably been a bit of a tailed-off disappointing season for them. And you said uh, you think uh, Andy Woodman, if it hadn't been for the trophy final, he may not have been the manager, but the trophy win, I guess, gives him a little bit of time to sort of redeem again next season, hopefully build for Bromley. Yeah, three-year contract. I think him and Alan Dunn signed a week ago, at least, I'm sure it's at least two years, but I'm sure it's three. So, um, yeah. yeah, he's been linked with jobs in the Football League, as is Gillingham, wasn't in the case. Bit. That was last year, yeah. he's been He was linked yeah. with AFC Wimbledon and... It was Crawley Town, I think, who've known Kevin Betsy today as their new manager. Um, but um, his head's always going to be turned, I think. And, you know, again, depends on how they start next year. You know, that three-year contract or two-year contract might mean um, not the piece of, you know, not much of the piece of paper it's written on. Mm. It's like you said, like, heads can be turned. Like, you look... I know for a fact that, you know, with going up, we're going to be losing some players. I know one player that's been linked from Worthing, he's, he's going to a football league club, it's just yet to be announced. Um, managers, like you look, Adam Hinchwood, if he starts doing a, a journey again this season, is he going to be tempted by somewhere else? I know that clubs are coming for him before. Is he going to be tempted to go somewhere? I think, I, I, obviously, we've had Hinchwood on there, and that, that's the only real interaction I've had with him. I think... He is a local lad managing a local side in the National League South. I think if he gets the backing from the board and they and they and they're performing, I think I think he'll stay. I think he'll give it. I think this season, if they do well, I think he'll give it this season. In my opinion, I don't know him as well as you guys do. But I can't see him walking away like just like that. No. But I, I can't remember. Is he got maybe two more years left on his contract? I think that he signed with Wave. I think he signed. Was it before this season? He signed yeah. three. Or was yeah, it you're right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yes, yeah, so he's got two. It was but... just summer, just gone, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, I think when so you see what yeah. he's built at Worthing, though, with the academy and everything mm. else through there, it seems that a lot of managers these days actually like that idea of a project. Um, mm. You know, like similar to what Worthing have done. You look at. Neil Smith going in at Cray on a two-year deal. He's only taken that a step below because of what Cray want to build, exactly the same route as Worthing have gone down. And when you look at a couple of others that have done interviews the last few weeks and that as well, they're looking actually at a longer-term project than being at a club for a couple of years. Mm. They're looking the five-year you know, plan of, of, of what can I build in that time. And that seems to excite them a little bit more. Whether that lost two years has made a few of them reflect and think, I don't just want to jump from job to job. I want to actually build something. And then when I've finished, I can look back and go, yeah, that was me. Yeah, well, look at what Mitch said. He like he wants to model Littlehampton and Worthing and mm. sort of look at the youth set up and the academy. And like, you know, and it's like I, the comment I said to him, look at Worthing five, seven, eight years ago, they were getting two, 300 people down there. And look at the job they've built. The ground looks great. You know, they've got a bigger support, all because it's been run sensibly and run in a good way. You know, whether Littlehampton can do that at that current ground, I don't know. But if they look, want to model themselves on Worthing, then it's a good project that, you know, Mitch is going to take on with George. Yeah, I think also, I think George has done wonders for having a football club. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, George think, Dow, yeah. Yeah, George Dow has done wonders. But actually, the result... George can't affect the results on the pitch. The results on the pitch have come purely from what Hinch has done with the youth team upwards into the academy, into the into the first team. And you look at how many players he's brought through in the time that he's been there. I mean, how, how old is Jasper? Is he, what, 19, 20? Nine, uh, he's just turned 20, yeah. So I don't know how long he's been at Worthing, but I'm guessing Hinch has had an input. Well, in he his was coaching. released from Brighton, I think, at 15 or 16, and okay. that's when he joined Worthing. So, he, yeah, so he's pretty much had Hinch coaching him for a majority of his senior career. 
and look at the room. Well, and Junior, because he came from Brighton. He was his coach at Brighton as well. Yeah, there you go. Knew, so yeah. I think that is testament to, to Hinch uh, that actually the success that Worthing have had is not just down to George Dow, who has done wonders for Worthing Football Club. Like I say, I'm not trying to put what George has done down, but I think, yeah, Hinch has got a lot, deserves a lot of credit. And I, yeah. I think... I think the people, the fans of Worthing, those 1,200, 1,500 fans, if he did go, would be really sad to see him go. Oh, yeah. It'd be, it'd be sad to see anyone move on because it's such a great team, a great squad and great club at the moment. And these things will change. These things don't last forever. Um, but you, you look you look at what, what, what he wants to do, the plan. George wants to push for national. Yeah, let's get to NASA. Let's push for national. See what goes. Because the town, I think, looking, someone put a, a share up, like we're... With such a big town in terms of population that hasn't got a professional football club, it's quite yeah, right. weird. Right. Yeah. So, mm. you know, and we know that if Worthing want to push to become an EFL club, then they would not be able to use Woodside as a ground. So, you know, and I, I know from talks that they, they 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 always are keeping these thoughts in the back of their mind. It's not in the forefront, but they have, you know, there are, I guess, as any well-run club, you've got to look at a five-year plan, 10-year plan, you know, where do you want to be? Because are they going to invest a lot of money in a current stadium where they may have to move out of in five, 10 years time? Or are they going to like paint over the cracks and just keep it going? Or are they going to look for somewhere new? Look at Hastings. They just had their planning application. Surprisingly for quite a small ground for the amount of people they've been getting in, because I think the capacity 1,500 they're doing in this new stadium, but they've been getting two, 3,000 people. I think it's got quite a lot of room for development around it, though, hasn't it? It has, Lane? yeah. So, but yeah. I would have thought almost straight away they would have gone for a couple of thousand at least. I think it depends what... Well, it depends. Sometimes you go for something too big, council go, nah, not interested now. You go for something slightly a bit smaller, and they go, oh, yeah, that's fine. And then, then you can it, slowly then, build it up yeah, from that because you yeah. can justify, you know... It from there, well, I know right? that's what Johnny said when he was on the podcast before with uh, Horsham and his job as commercial manager. Like the the ground around Horsham has got plenty of scope for. Yeah, uh, it's a weirdly designed ground. I've always said that. I know you guys agree with me. Having the clubhouse bang behind the goal where it is, it should yeah. be on the corner. Even Johnny said he didn't like the way they've done that. He wish thinks it should be on a corner or set back slightly so they could get a bit more fans behind that goal. But you know, another club that you know they want to go places and you know they'll have the room to do that with expansion and that's the problem that clubs like Worthing don't have they haven't I mean there's a bowls ground behind which I'm sure if they wanted to and the price was right you could end up seeing being purchased by the football club but they ain't going to be cheap especially land nowadays that can be used for housing and stuff mm. yeah it's difficult yeah, but... it's difficult the higher you go up the the, the harder it is to then mm. you know move everything else with it as well your facilities mm. Mm. but you know it's going to be an interesting thing there'll be lots of changes over the summer you know with clubs and you know signings I mean as Trev said earlier the EFL signings won't be able to start happening until the end of June am I right in saying that's when they're out of contract yeah they can yeah, some sign pre-contracts but a lot won't allow them to be announced until July the 1st um, I think yeah. National League players would have been most would have been out of contract the end of May um, so a few of those will start eking through and have done mm. the last few weeks but it depends as well some some players would be some clubs are quite happy for it to go out some others are like nah you can wait until July the 1st so you sort of see yeah. bits and pieces and odds and sods yeah it's definitely going to be interesting well I'm, I'm looking forward to uh I mean, I, 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 I say I'm looking forward to pre-season, but unfortunately, Worthing's pre-season fixtures are a bit underwhelming, in my opinion. Like, <laughs> they're only, a, they're not, they're not the best. So I, I mean, think I it's might quite decent. To be honest, compared yeah, to some like of Bogner and Bogner and Horsham, why do we want to play them again? Like, you know, it's like because you, because no, it's not going to be the same. Senior cut, yeah. Help, you're not going to get in. Helping out the smaller clubs in Sussex. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, but it's good. I mean, it's good relations, I suppose, in a way. If you think those those were the two derbies you had last year that were always going to attract a lot of fans, you're not going to get it this year. A lot of people probably will turn up to just it being a pre-season friendly because it's Horsham and Bognor. But you know, yeah, you've got two yeah, football league true. sides in there as well in Swindon and Wickham. Um, yeah. we haven't haven't played a lot of football league sides the last few years. I've been no. I've been going to watch, so it's something yeah. different. I've looked at I've looked at some other clubs, and I'm like kind of almost is that all you've got I mean I'm not I mean this year I was I was dying to get to pre-season games just to watch some football again um but this year I'm 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 back to the do you know what I'm only going to go if it's got some kind of interest for me personally for someone I know that's part of the opposition or something like like for example when Wickham um 
come down to, to Worthing. Um, the goalkeeping coach at Wickham's Lee Harrison, who's an ex-Barnet keeper who I spoke to, he was one of my lockdown videos a couple of years ago. Um, and obviously because, because obviously Wickham are a slightly smaller club, um, their coaching staff do a lot of scouting as well. So trying to catch up to get to go to a game with Lee last year was impossible. Um, whereas he's coming to Worthing, so we can sit and have a beer then rather than like try and you know meet up at the Hive or somewhere like that. Yeah, just because you ain't got many friends, guys. You know, it's just one of those things, mate. But um, uh, you know, you know, but but things like that. You know, I mean, I've got a few managers I know have changed clubs this year. The guys who are at Tunbridge Wells have just gone to Whitstable. Um, Steve McKim's now at Car Shorten instead of Tunbridge. Um, you know, and for me, it's important to keep in with these guys because they give you material. Talking about um, Car Shorten, I did notice mm. on the backs of a few of the backs in a non-league paper, they were advertising Car Shorten for with weird like. Did you see the adverts? If you look a few weeks ago on the back page and stuff, it was like, it's like something like it had all these things like people leader, team leader, team player. Question mark, question mark, carshortonathletic.co.uk. So it was obviously they were looking for their manager. Uh, I don't know, because Steve, Steve's been in a few weeks. I know they're, I know, I know it's a very well-run club, very well-run. Yeah, this was quite a few weeks ago. This was like when Worthing were winning the league and stuff. It was on the back page, like just after because their manager stepped down. Yeah, well, ironically, he's, he's, he's a director of football at Carshorton, but manager at Mersham. Uh, Peter Adinyeni, I think his name is. Um, which yeah. is really, really odd, I thought. I would have um, thought that's a conflict of interest. No, because Mersham are a league below, so it doesn't matter. If they were the same division, it would be. What, they, they didn't get relegated. Yeah, Mersham went down. Down in step four. Oh, well, they, yeah, of course they did. They went down, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, I forgot about that, because they were always yeah. a team that sort of hung around there. Yeah, they did go down, yeah. didn't they? Which is Don't a bit weird. Don't need to worry about one... step threes and step fours anymore, <laughs> do I? <laughs> of course you do, mate. You're on an non-league podcast. Um, but that's one of the questions, like, you know, I'd, I'd, like, I'd when I get to speak to Steve to ask him how that kind of thing works. Because, like I say, you've got the two clubs. Again, it might be beneficial in terms of, like, any players that are too good for Mersham at step four might find their way to Car Shorten, vice versa for Car Shorten, wanting, you know, mm, players out true. on loan for match fitness. So Very true. Um, yeah. So it's an interesting thing. Yeah, and we'll see, we'll see plenty of more changes over the summer, I'm sure, with players and managers and... Clubs Plenty. doing bits and bobs, yeah. and it's going to be exciting and you know, getting ready for the new season. But, um, I think that kind of starting to become the end of episode 34 of our uh, end of season finale of the Premier Non League podcast. I think a, a nice we managed to ramble an hour or so, haven't we? Without without the other two part timers, <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't really talk because I have had uh, part timers this year. I've been a part you have a little year, bit, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. ever present I, well, as usual. Well, Tre Trevor's literally the only one with that title now, so <laughs> he can't, he, he's going to use that to his advantage. And then the one time he can't make it, we'll just all have to like lay into him. Am I right, guys? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Fine by me. Yeah, cool. Crack well, on, you, two been, you two have been bickering like little uh, old married couple in the group. You're almost as <laughs> bad as me and Pete on that group today. Um, guys, we're going to have a couple of specials, hopefully, this summer. So um, keep an eye out on the uh, socials and on the airwaves. Um, please, as we say every episode, like as I said at the beginning, um, you guys who are listeners have been obviously interacting, sharing with us because we see it on our Facebook stats. And it might only be a few thousand for us, but that's just amazing that we're hitting that amount of people. So if you could share, as Peter Crouch says, pass the pod. If you, if you share that to one person, one person to listen to this Premier Non-League podcast, we could get another 5,000 people listed. It'd just be amazing. I mean, we love the comments we get from, we've got a loyal bunch of listeners, it seems. We've got a handful of people that literally always interact with us on Twitter and social media, and it's great to hear. But pass them on to your friends because we'd love to get more and more. And you know, if you want to get involved, like, we're still looking for a Midlands correspondent that Pete never bothered because every time he goes up, he just has too many beers. <laughs> he's not here to, he's not here to, he's not here to say, Oh, stop it this time. But um, what do we think? Like guys, it's like, it'd be great to have a Midlands correspondent, wouldn't it? Someone around a Midlands area. So if you are interested, yeah. get involved. Even, um, even somewhere else, the Southwest of England or, you know, yeah, somewhere perfect. towards uh, North, Northwest England anywhere. Or really. maybe, you never know, we could have a Scottish non-league lover. Or we, Welsh, are, yeah. we are Britain's premier non-league podcast. We're not England's, so uh, we do we, we don't know anything about Scottish or Welsh non-league. I mean, I went to see Barry Town a couple of years ago, but they're in the Welsh Premier. But uh, they do have a coverage in the non-league paper for some reason, don't they? So mm. I guess they're kind of classed mm. as non-league. But um, 
it's been another good season, guys. So um, thanks for your company. Uh, we've had a lot of fun. We had some great guests on. Uh, we'll have some plenty more of those to come. And as I said, keep an eye out. We'll hopefully have one surprise. Might, might, might be a nice surprise coming on the uh, on the podcast as a special. He isn't red. He's another colour, possibly. Work that out. And uh, he's a... <laughs> Trev's rolling his eyes, but he's looking all confused. I'm not going to sit out. Let the oh, I know. Oh, right no. <laughs> it's not been confirmed, Jay, but still, I don't want to say anything too much. But hopefully, he'll be on. Um, guys, any like, final thoughts from you before we wrap up? Um, no, well, eight weeks. Well, six, seven weeks till the season starts. That's it. That's all you got. Mm. Enjoy your summer. <laughs> if you can. Just, as, just a quick shout out to Bromley for a £97 season ticket. Good yeah. Shout. yeah, that was very yeah, good man. marketing. Mm. Uh, what did, 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 have they released figures of how many people took them up on that offer? Uh, no, all I see is complaints on Twitter that they haven't had a confirmation email with anyone that's bought one <laughs> at the moment. So, Brilliant. Keep, Brilliant. Brilliant. told by the club, you just go in and check your transaction history. If there's transaction complete, then you've got one. Oh, that's going to cause problems. So great, great marketing could equal rubbish marketing if they're not too careful there. Yeah, Ticketmaster again by the looks of things from what I've seen. Oh, really? Mm. But anyway, chaps, um, thanks again for a great season. I uh, look forward to, well, we'll be back probably just, well, we'll be back before, obviously a couple of specials over summer, but pre-season, we do one before the season starts, I think with some catching up and stuff yeah. to do, talk about our pre-seasons, and then we'll be back into the full swing every couple of weeks on uh, the Premier League podcast. But uh, myself, James, Jazz and Trev, have a great summer. Hopefully another full season of football next year and we can say goodbye to COVID as we leave it in the dust. That's all good night. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.